Welcome back here on Big Blue View as we are providing you with free agency analysis for the New York Giants. Folks, if you've missed it so far, we have talked about some of the previous signings that happened last week, notably John Ross, Leonard Williams, uh, Mike Glennon, all the guys that have been added to this New York Giants squad. We have talked about them, but for today's show, we got news that popped up on Saturday regarding prized receiver Kenny Galladay. We're going to get to all that, folks, before we do. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and also head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Sun for this quick reaction show, and got caught a little bit off guard. We, we knew that he was visiting with the Giants, and it was a very long visit. We just didn't know for sure when the news would possibly come. The Direction seemed to be very positive for Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver coming from the Detroit Lions, playing his college ball at Northern Illinois, and he is going to be joining the Giants on a four-year, $72 million deal, $40 million guaranteed, and a max of $76 million. And the cap room, surprising that they're able to fit in a contract like this, and the one takeaway I have overall, Chris, is I'm excited. This is literally what I was hoping for all of free agency. Uh, the rest of the moves that maybe were inconsequential and you know, we, I had referenced some of the frustration I had and I think a lot of Giants fans had for the Giants not signing a big name, but this is the name and the position that needed to be addressed so they can rely on fixing other things during the draft. And now Kenny Galladay should be the number one receiver on this Giants team. Yeah, well, he had better be the number one receiver. He's certainly getting paid like it. Uh, just kind of digging into the contract numbers. Yeah, I was honestly almost expecting by noonish on Saturday, one, two, three o'clock, you know, as, as the day wore on, to get news that Galladay had accepted the offer from the Cincinnati Bengals, which we had heard was a one year kind of a prove it deal. Uh, you know, and I was expecting that pretty much because Cincinnati has much more salary cap room than the Giants, so they could afford to give him a sizable one-year deal, and that would have given him another chance to get into free agency. Uh, maybe try to boost his value a little bit. You know, he missed—I uh, think it was 11 games last year due to injury. So, you know, maybe get another bite of the free agency apple. You know, when he before he hit 30, and you know, his value would start to really decline. But looking at this contract, he had absolutely no reason to want to do that because I'm not sure he could raise his value above what the Giants are going to be paying him for from 2022 until 2024. Uh, this year, he's getting paid $4.5 million. That is remarkably low. That's how they were able to get this deal done because they didn't have the salary cap space to do anything else. After that, his cap number goes up to approximately $21 million per year for the next three years. And just for a little bit of context, that puts him at the fourth highest paid wide receiver between Amari Cooper and Tyreek Hill, uh, trailing only DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas. So yeah, he had better show up and be that number one receiver because that is exactly what he was signed to be. And it's also exactly what, what the Giants need right now. And we, we, we spent so much time this offseason talking about, oh, okay, well, do they draft somebody and try to develop them? And is that going to be enough of a time frame for them 
to have an elite number one receiver, an X receiver on the roster, or uh, do they try and sign a guy like Juju or Kenny Galladay to take over that role? And that's what we've continuously said is that they don't just need a receiver. They need a guy to play a specific role and divert attention away from some of the other playmakers. And I frankly, and we'll probably spend some time this upcoming week actually dissecting uh, some of these specific free agents, but just off the top of our head and from what we know about Kenny Galladay, I think he can play that that style of football for for this Giants team. He's a big, big receiver at six foot four, around two hundred and fourteen pounds. That is the size that they needed. He's got very, very good hands. He is going to be that reliable player that Daniel Jones needs to make a big play in a tight situation, which is something that I have talked about a ton that the Giants need. So I'm excited about this. I, I wonder if the Giants still choose to pursue drafting somebody now that they have signed uh, John Ross and Kenny Galladay. But I, I think that not only does this bolster the receiving group and the offense, but it also frees up the Giants to maybe be a little bit more loose in their, their draft selection in the first round because there's a lot of directions that they can go. Corner, linebacker, um, heck, they, they could still, again, draft another receiver. I think that, that the idea here now is they don't necessarily have to maybe reach to fix uh, an issue, but rather take the best player available and allow the roster to continue to grow. Yeah, I I have been hearing from a lot of outlets the attention more or less shifting to offensive line now, which seems almost Pavlovian, really. You know, Giants draft discussion comes up, and what what position should they draft? Offensive line, offensive line. Doesn't matter what year it is, offensive line. But this this should at least free them up to consider a broader range of positions. You know, I do think offensive line could make sense depending on who falls. I think there's approximately a 0% chance uh, Pinay Sewell falls, but that would be a godsend. Uh, hearing Rashawn Slater quite a bit because of his versatility. Um, I think wide receiver could still be in play. Yeah, if Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts happens to fall to them, I'm not sure how you turn that caliber of player down regardless of what you did in free agency. Uh, Micah Parsons could be in play because they, the Giants really haven't added an edge. Or we could see another cornerback because you know we talked all season long about how important the coverage was to the Giants' defense and how it was really the coverage that was driving their pass rush. Well, now if they're going to be actually fielding an offense that isn't one of the worst in the league, you know, other teams will be wanting to throw to score and they're going to have to keep reinforcing their secondary to keep that coverage as tight as possible to give their other massive signing, Leonard Williams, as much time as possible to work. And we'll have a lot of time about a month once April comes around to do post-free agency analysis on the draft. And I think that is going to be our next shift in focus is talking a ton about what the Giants are going to now need to focus on draft-wise in every single round. We're going to take that shift and we're going to start talking about that stuff very soon. We've got another signing that we didn't have a chance to react to on the last show that we did. And we're going to get to that very, very soon after we take a short commercial break. So yet another underrated signing, Chris, that I'm a pretty big fan of. The Giants signed Reggie Ragland, who was drafted by the Buffalo Bills out of Alabama. 
He had an a uh, an ACL injury that prevented him from playing. Eventually traded to the Chiefs and was a part of a, a pretty stellar defense when they won the Super Bowl. And this last season, he played in Detroit. And one thing we don't really know for sure is what his role is going to be. But I, I think that what we can take away is this is an example of one of those one-year deals that Gettleman had last year where uh, there's some upside there. We don't think that his role is going to be off the bat might be something huge, but Reggie Ragland's just a good football player. He's a good linebacker. You can still draft somebody to play over him and he would still be fantastic depth. But uh, heck, I think that this is an upgrade over David Mayo who didn't play every single down and Ragland, Ragland's probably not going to play every single down for this Giants defense, but he's still a, a good, strong linebacker. Yeah, I, that's kind of the feeling I get about him too is he's he's probably brought in to be that other thumper uh maybe some depth just in case something happens to Blake Martinez you've got another uh another inside linebacker who has had the the spot on his helmet you know he could be that Mike linebacker he to my knowledge he's only ever really played inside linebacker and just have that guy you can put on the field give you a little extra well, I guess you know, thump in your defense, especially on running down short yardage situations. And I think he will probably be the guy that rotates with like a third safety or uh Tay Crowder or, you know, just who bounces on and off the field, depending on the sub package, you know, whatever it is that Patrick Graham calls. And also just doing a little bit of research, something I found honestly kind of funny is that, when you go over to mock draftable, which is where we get all the spider charts for uh, uh, combine measurables, the closest comparison to Reggie Ragland at 99% identical is Greg Jones, the former giant. Oh, that's interesting. Well, may- <laughs> yeah, it's just you don't normally see a, a matchup that close. Right, right. And I, basically, there's only about five pounds difference between them, and that's about it. So yeah, just something kind of fun i noticed <laughs> and, and hopefully he you know he plays up to that that level of comparison um but you know it's huge though that the giants are not only addressing big names uh for key positions like kenny galladay but they're also trying to fill out the depth on their roster and we're starting to see this this roster really come together um and hopefully the draft is the final piece in all of this and heck maybe there's a chance that the Giants could still sign some people as free agency's not over. There's still some guys that are out there. Dory Jackson is a name that continues to be uh, circulating for uh, a possible free agent right now. But we'll have to continue to see if that does happen. We will provide another reaction show. And we're also going to be doing some post-free agency analysis shows. So stay tuned for that coming out. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, folks. Leave us a five-star review and head to BigBlueReview.com for more fantastic New York Giants con- uh, content. Follow us on Twitter at Joe DeLeon, at Raptor NKII, and at Big Blue Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. Talk to you soon.